You're listening to the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide Podcast. Hey, if your journey down the proverbial rabbit hole has cost you friends and family, or maybe it's just convinced your loved ones that you're a little bit crazy, this podcast is for you. Nothing's off limits. We're going to cover it all from a biblical worldview. There's going to be humor, insight, and validation for your journey. So join us as we learn to walk through this crazy world as a Christian truther, as we shed every ounce of willful ignorance so we can fulfill our destiny and leave a legacy. My friends, this is John, and I'm going to be your host on the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide podcast. I've titled today's show, Dad, I Wish You Were Normal. But it really could be anybody that you know, not just your children. If you've been a truther for any length of time, you've probably been told that in one way or another. So welcome. If you haven't told that, then you're not alone. I know it seems like that a lot of times, but there is a group of people that we call the unconvinced or the normie, lovingly, and their presenting characteristic is that they don't know and they don't want to know. It's a, it's a mystery, it's a disease, it's a bewitchment, it's a mind control thing that they're under a spell. And it's basically pride and selfishness uh, they don't want their joyride disrupted, and you you have integrity. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. So is God. God's extremely proud of you for stepping out into the truth no matter where it takes you. Uh, unfortunately, where it takes you is typically a hellstorm on par with the Spanish Inquisition, which is okay because that's the world we live in. It's a wine press. It's a pressure cooker. It's a journey. It's a veil of tears. And there's lollipops along the way, there's valleys and streams, but there's also these relational uh, bear traps that come up on you because you decide to follow Jesus. And then you follow Jesus for a while, and then you find out the moon landing's fake, and the earth is flat, and the Mandela effect is real, and there's underground bases, and there's chemtrails, and some of the newscasters are reptilian shapeshifters, and all the politicians and the CEOs are all the opposite sex of how they present themselves to be. It's a transpocalypse. Maybe the whole history is fake. There's a thousand years missing. Maybe the millennial reign's already happened. Your Bible's supernaturally changing. Your friends don't know any of this. Your family doesn't know any of this. They're looking at you like you got three heads. And they're basically issuing shut up or else orders. If you talk about crazy things, Sally, I can't have a relationship with you anymore. I mean, I'm I'm glad you've you're my friend and everything, but you know, you you got to keep out of that stuff if we're going to be friends. Something like that. All right. Well, that's you. We love you. We're glad you're here, and we're going to be talking along these lines. Uh, our primary focus is going to be providing a biblical analysis of the Mandela effect and the journey of the Christian truther. The Christian 
truther. What is that, you might say? Well, it's somebody that holds a biblical worldview and is following hard after God, but you also embrace topics that are, let's just say, not sanctioned by officialdom, right? Like NASA and the media is lying to all of humanity. That's a tough pill for a lot of people, right? Since Jesus said, the world will hate you on the account of my name and the church will hate you on the account of not being a NASA fanboy anymore and clapping like a trained seal. But that's how we roll. And uh, so if you've been left feeling isolated, misunderstood, and disrespected, you're not in the wrong place. So on that note, what I would like to do is transition to what I call the Sons of Issachar update. This gives us a little insight into uh, current events from a biblical worldview, or it's my worldview, which is biblical. So it's a little of me and a little biblical. How'd you like that? So in a recent uh, tweet on X, Twitter, used to be Twitter, now it's X, uh, Gene Wu, who's a Democratic state legislature, felt comfortable tweeting the suggestion that U.S. military would be justified in attacking U.S. citizens with Hellfire missiles for daring to own guns and standing with Texas in the border conflict. Now, that is... Uh, of course, very similar to a statement issued actually twice by the fake mask-wearing CEO of the U.S. Corp., Biden, when he threatened millions of conservatives with fighter jets if they tried to exercise their Second Amendment rights. You remember that? That's interesting. And then, of course, we have this border wars. This is as of February 1, 2024. So this is the news for today. So if you're listening to this six months from now you may already be in the camp but if you're not congratulations but here we are february 1 and we have border wars going on with 26 republican governors stating publicly that they're going to stand against the federal government vowing to stand with governor abbott who i guess is most people would think he's a puppet but we gotta um go with what we got right we're just pawns in this giant cog. Uh, but I did recently do a talk on my YouTube channel called Wake Up or Else, which was called The Pervasive Fallacy That Everyone's a Shill. And I go into detail on this idea that a lot of truthers are exhibiting uh, fatalism and apathy, that everybody's a shill, so why bother? It's just not true. There's still humans in the system that are patriots. Of course, the higher up you go, the less there are. But that concept is designed to get you to just give up. And you can still make a difference. So at the same time, though, we're all wondering how much of anything we see on the world stage is completely contrived and controlled and offered up for public consumption to guide us down some narrow chute to our destruction. We see many political figures uh, having multiple body tubbles. There was four or five different versions of Hillary. The Biden you see now is not the Biden that ran in the Senate or whatever he was for 20 years. He's wearing a mask. And there's many examples of that in Hollywood and in, in 
military, and in all the spheres. So they replace these people with clones or body devils just to keep them rocking. So you have to begin to try to interpret world events from a biblical worldview if you're going to have any hope of having any concept of what's really happening and you know not just be chasing your tail. Um, you know, for instance, there's a rapidly growing number of orthodox believers that feel that the evidence is overwhelming, both empirical and biblical, that we are now in the time after the millennial reign, where it says that Satan would be loosed for a while to deceive the nations. And this is not preterism, which I never embraced because they had to spiritualize the book of Revelation and make it all metaphors. And I resent that. I'm a orthodox Bible believer. This is very different. This is, there is absolute proof that there's a thousand years missing out of the history books. And you'll have to look into this in some detail to see the evidence, the melted buildings, the mud floods, the impossible architecture of buildings that couldn't have been built in the year or two that they say they were, the orphan trains, the insane asylums, all of these are searingly obvious evidence that the entire historical timeline has been altered. Then you go into the scriptural proof and it's even more overwhelming. So if that's true, if you put yourself in that prophetic timeline, then everything that you're seeing, that I'm not saying that I believe that, I'm just saying that giving you a, a an opportunity to reframe your entire paradigm of how you're interpreting the news. It's an entire paradigm shift that you're going to need if you're going to have any hope of actually being able to dial in what's really happening. But wherever you stand on the prophetic timeline, if you don't have a grasp of about five or six levels up from the corporations that actually control the politicians. I mean, if you haven't figured out that the politicians don't really control anything, then you are really drinking out of the wrong trough. Uh, the International Monetary Fund, the Bank of International Settlements, the Bilderberg Group, uh, Davos, United Nations, Freemasons, secret societies, the Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations. It just keeps going higher and higher up to the Vatican, the three city states, the Vatican, Washington, and London. London's the financial capital. Washington's the military capital. Vatican's the religious capital. The Committee of 300. What are all these groups? These very dark, mysterious groups filled with powerful people that are gazillionaires. And they all live to be a hundred. They all look so young and healthy. What are they drinking? What are they drinking in secret society meetings that helps them to live to be a hundred? Is it adrenochrome? What happens when their adrenochrome gets cut off? They, just, they get aged like 20 years overnight. But you're just looking at all these shenanigans happening down at the low level and you're scratching your head now it's virtually meaningless and we're all virtually powerless outside of god but inside of god you're a roaring lion and if you're driving to work and you're a female guess what 
the daughter of a lion is also a lion. <laughs> Come on, man. It's time to stand up and get into your destiny. So the only sensible response to tyranny is to make sure that if you breathe your last breath today, that you'll go into the arms of Jesus, because after all, eternity is an awful long time to be in the wrong place. However, it's still fascinating to find out what's unfolding before us. As I mentioned, we're at February 1, 2024, as they are now shooting rubber bullets at the farmers in Brussels. Those silly farmers getting all upset because these unelected previous employees of Goldman Sachs are telling them that they have to shut their farms down because the carbon footprints of the farms are going to kill us all. That makes sense, I guess. You know, I think most of humanity is sort of like, uh, I think I'll take my chances with the carbon footprint because I'm pretty sure if you take all our food away, we're going to die. So, yeah, vote for me and I'll promise you a chicken in every pot. How about that? I mean, you got to think, it doesn't take much up in the brain skull to think, you know, these people aren't just stupid. John Kerry stepped down, by the way. That ghoul, I don't know, I don't know if they're taking him out or if he's just, uh, you know, done. And uh, if it's time for the pitchforks to come out, nudge, nudge, no, no what I mean? Anyway, you've got a consistent trend of illegals there was just one where a bunch of illegals beat up a new york police officer and they got arrested but they're released two days later with no bail you're free to go no harm no foul then they just all give the finger to the reporters on the way out that's the key you know if you're going to open up a church just call it the illegal immigrants church and then they'll leave you alone or you go open up a business you know it's all all our business is illegal immigrant run and owned and then they'll they won't you won't have to pay taxes there'll be no uh you know um compliance issues nothing you can do whatever you want you don't have to you know do that if you got a restaurant you won't have to co com comply with the health board nothing It'd be awesome and then i keep seeing one giant block of money 50 billion 70 billion just flying over to Ukraine every other month. You know, it, it, that war just seemed to fizzle to nothing. So then they started another war in Israel. That was definitely a false flag, 9-11 event. I mean, you really believe that... Uh, uh, what are the guys from Iraq, Iran over there? Um, Hamas. You really think they're going to be able to sneak up on Israel like they did? But old Netanyahu, he keeps rolling. Nothing happens. And then you got another hundred-year-old gigantic chicken processing plant just burned to the ground here in the U.S. That was just burned to the ground. They did a million eggs a year, and uh, that's over a hundred giant food processing plants have been destroyed in the U.S. in the last twelve months. So they're going to weaponize the IRS with a minimum reporting requirement of $600 starting January 1st, 2024. They're going to continue to blow up trains in your city with chemicals in it to drive you to camps. They're going to implement the Fed coin one of these days with no option. You're, you're just going to be told you could lose all your wealth or you could put it in Fed coin. Which would you prefer? 
They're shutting down the farms. They're shutting down the food supplies. They're getting ready to release another virus. That's rumbling in the in the in the wings, right? And you think about it. 2024 X is the 24th letter of the alphabet. Then you got Elon making a cockamamie move to re rename his company from Twitter. You create all that brand recognition and then you throw it in the toilet for what? To name it X? Why? Because the next thing they're going to release is called X. That's what they're saying. Disease X. I mean, these people put this stuff right in your face. So I don't want to say our days are numbered because we trust the Lord to do mighty exploits, to part the Red Sea, to give us the walls of Jericho, to tell the sun stand still over the valley of Agilon. Where is the believer to rise up in the face of, oh, God's going to judge us. There's no more good out coming out of God's house. And everybody, you know, these people are in control, are always defeating us. Okay, that's you. I remember the 10 spies, and there was two spies that said, Psh, we're well able to take the land. Who are these giants? David told the giant, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of God? And you know what it said about the two spies? It said they had a more excellent spirit. So if you decide you're going to have hope and faith and you're going to take the mountain, you're going to make a difference, and you're going to tell one more person about Jesus and one more person about something, you know what? God's going to give you the victory. I mean, I don't want to say our days are numbered, but it seems like we're going to need something like Mighty Mouse to fly in here and rescue us if we're going to extend our life. There's 10,000 people a day coming over the border. 10,000 a day. So it just seems like maybe we got 12 to 24 months of any kind of normalcy left i don't know i don't know what the future is going to hold maybe mighty mouse will show up remember mighty mouse we used to have this song mr trouble never hangs around when he hears that mighty sound here i am to save the day that means that mighty mouse is on the way when there is a wrong to right Mighty Mouse will join the fight on the sea or on the land. He's got the situation well in hand. Well, we know who's got the situation well in hand, don't we? Don't we, dear soul? His name is Jesus. He's the King of glory. He said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. So he deputized you to walk in victory. So I'm going to segue into this talk called, Dad, I Wish You Were Normal. I think this is really going to help folks to understand not only what that means to you when your friends and family ask you to be normal, but what it means to them. So take a listen to this. So welcome to the ongoing saga of my life playing out in the public stage for all to see. Really, a lot of times what I do is just share my journey as I go and hope it helps people. That's what I'm talking about today. This is what my daughter told me, Dad, I just wish you were normal. It was really an emotional conversation we were having, and um, she finally blurted that out. And, you know, my heart's breaking because she just wants me. She wants my time. She wants to be with me. She wants to be loved by me and wanted. 
she just wants to be wanted and she feels like this is stuff is more important than her. That's what all my kids feel. And also, and that's correct. That's all those are good things. I'm not saying that's wrong. But they want fun and they and they should have fun, not death and the end of the world and all the stuff that we traffic in. So I don't blame her or my wife or any of my kids. I, I have mishandled, honestly, a lot of this process with them. Not handling the blazing rejection from my family, okay? Being told I'm crazy by my, my children. And then having all this trauma from my childhood of, and feeling rejected. It's not easy to be a truther. Especially if you step out and open your mouth about it. Then you're really at a target on your back. So this talk tonight is about what does it really mean? I, I want you to be normal. What does that mean? What does it mean to my daughter when she says it? And what does it really mean to me? Because it means two different things. And I believe this, is, this will be a value to you as well, even if you don't have kids. Just, um, it's going to be for anybody. I usually don't like to use the term normie because it's sort of derogatory. But tonight I will because the word normal is a very revealing thing in, in the center of this conflict that we find ourselves in as truthers usually i, I prefer, prefer the term unconvinced but i'm going to use the term normie and i don't mean it in a disrespectful way because if you're here on this journey one way or another you've had the same thing or something similar told to you that's for sure it may not have been your child telling you it may have been a spouse or a friend or a church member but if you have had this veil pulled back on this realm that we live in and you have opened your mouth about it for any length of time <laughs> to the people that you know you care about that are in your inner circle and uh, you've had this type of sentiment expressed to you 100% i wish you were normal right this is this is how it comes at you you are you are let in on the fact that they're exasperated with you for being out of the norm. Like, you know, you'll be called a troublemaker of sorts, or why are you so dissatisfied, John Smith? Zeb, why are you so dissatisfied? What are you so worked up about, Joe? Just enjoy yourself. Enjoy life, you know? And you're always worried about something, some conspiracy theory. It's just a bunch of Photoshop tricks why don't you just enjoy your life? You're really living in fear. You're obsessed with all this stuff. You're causing problems. You're scaring the children. You need to just get back in line. Stop the foolishness. What's gotten into you? Who's gotten to you? You've fallen into the wrong crowd. You're trafficking in the dark corners of the Internet. You know, you can't believe everything you hear or see on YouTube. And after all, what difference does it make if the world is flat or the Bible's changing? I still got to go to work. I wish you would just be normal. So what is normal? My text is 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural 
or the normal man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So on that note, what I'd like to do is invite the Holy Spirit to help us. Please, Father, I just lift up this fellowship tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, I invoke your name. And I invoke you, Holy Spirit, to come and teach us and guide us and encourage us and comfort us. And Father, we just thank you that your word is still settled in heaven. Even though the devil's parlor tricks can fiddle with the words on the page, the word of God is immutable and it will never change. Jesus is the Word, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that which was spoken to the original authors is still in effect. And we thank you, Lord, that you're giving us the blueprint for this final dispensation for us to walk out in victory. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this is the definition of normal. Normal is conforming to a standard, usually or usual, typical, or expected. Normal is doing what's expected of you by status quo, the usual average or typical state or condition. It's conforming to a standard or regular pattern. Okay, so that's uh, pretty interesting, but I, kind of the word conforming jumped out at me. So let's look at that. What's the definition of conformity? Well, this is where bells started going off, okay? Conformity is compliance with standards, rules, or laws. It's behavior in accordance with socially accepted conventions or standards. So being normal has to do with conforming or being in compliance. How does that make you feel? <laughs> How do you feel about being being in compliance. Romans 13 teaches us that we are to be in compliance with the authority, all authorities of God. However, the Bible also teaches clearly from Genesis to Revelation that authority can disqualify itself by moving too far away from the nature of God. So for instance, if the government tell, passes a law tomorrow that says that everybody in the United States has to sacrifice their firstborn to Moloch. There will be sacrifice stations at every city, and you must report and bring... No, no, you're, you're disqualified from being the authority now. So don't take Romans 13 and run, run with it. There's, there's, it's a little more complicated than that. <clears throat> All right, so compliance is conditional. Resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. So, compliance is the act or process of complying to a desired demand, a proposal, regime, or, coer or to coercion. Compliance equals you do what you're told and you believe what you're told. Right into the ovens at Auschwitz. See, it wasn't until the Jews in the Second World War, finally realized how evil the Nazis were that they started fighting back. Prior to that, they were normies. It took the realization how evil the Nazis were for them to stop being 
a normie. A truther means that you finally realized how much danger you're in. Hello, we were right. All the danger is uncloaking. So a normie is being shown that the, the astronauts on the ISS are on wires, but turning a blind eye because you're a coward. Did I just say that? Yes, you said that. Oh my gosh, that's not very Christ-like. Well, the normie is a coward, okay? Because the normie throws rocks from a distance and then runs away if you throw back. That's what they do. They, they tell you, the earth isn't flat. And then you say, well, can you explain why I'm able to see the entire Chicago skyline? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that's what I get. Well, that's cowardice. If you are, you know, are confident in your position, you should be able to uh, have it challenged without being triggered. So this is why the truther community calls people normies that fight so hard to defend the right to blindly worship the authorities. They worship officialdom. They worship NASA. My goodness. I see guys with NASA shirts on, and they're like, I'm on the team, man. <laughs> they dream of being on the NASA team. It's a hoax set up with Project Paperclip. They brought all the Nazi scientists over. And it was designed to enslave humanity into a heliocentric worldview. Sorry. But the normie has these glasses on like in They Live, and the, or they don't have the glasses on. So they can't see the matrix. They believe Dr. Fauci. Or they believe CNN. They believe it. They believe they're journalists. They believe academia. Or the White House press secretary who just resigned. It's a show created for your imprisonment. I'm sorry. It's created for your enslavement. Time Magazine, Forbes, Bloomberg. The normies believe what they are told without question. That's what a normie is. Hey, friends. I just wanted to break into this message here for one second and just share with you that being a content creator is a very challenging undertaking. Typically, folks either work full-time and do this on the side, so they're burning the candle at both ends, or you jump in with both feet like we have, and you trust listeners to help support you if they can. That's us. We're on a mission. So please consider partnering with us by using the donate button below. Every small amount is appreciated, even five bucks. You can also visit our store, which is Bargaintopia. It's B-A-R-G-I-N-topia.com. And we got a variety of lab-tested, super clean supplements with free shipping. We're going to be adding custom apparel for conspiracy theorists kooks and then other extremely unique and useful things. So check us out over there. Be sure to join us for our live streams over at Wake Up or Else on YouTube. And you can find us at wakeuporelse.com. Thanks for keeping us going. Back to our message. 
And so again, 1 Corinthians 2.14 is the scripture. But the normie does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. So how is it that we see and they don't? I don't know. I don't know why God sprinkled the pixie dust on me one day, and I saw the Federal Reserve wasn't federal, but it happened. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I receive it. Pixie dust. That's the answer. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Why is it that people see and some don't? Pixie dust? (laughs) Well, there's a passage that says the secret things belong to God. How about that one? So the normie is in a very perilous natural state that they are very unlikely to extricate themselves from. They can't see because the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving. And they are in willful ignorance, so they also get God's door prize. Ding, ding, ding. Do you know what the door prize is for willful ignorance? You'll win what's behind door number two, where Carol Merrill is now standing. What is the door prize of God for willful ignorance? What do you get from God when you allow willful ignorance? You have eyes, but you see not. Specifically, I'll give you a hint, it's 2 Thessalonians. Come on. Thank you. Dan, you win a new car. Tell her what he's tell her what he's won, Johnny O. Well, Bill, Dan will receive the new Dodge Stratus with plunge Corinthian leather and rack and pinion steering. I'm sorry, I had two cups of coffee today. <laughs> and it's been a long week. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. My children are barely talking to me. Barely. Not even talking to me. They're so mad because I believe the earth is flat and I won't stop talking about it. So this delusion manifests as I don't know and I don't want to know. And then they call you delusional. That's how the delusion manifests itself in the normie. The normie says and acts like they don't know and they don't want to know and then they are like vipers where they lash out at you and the ironic thing is they call you delusional but they're believing a lie and resistant to facts that's what delusional means we're not resistant to facts we want to have an open dialogue which they shut down they refuse to have it and so it's just ironic when they tell me I'm crazy because they actually are crazy And this is what Jesus meant when he said that they have eyes, but they see not. So remember, the normie sees the changes. It's not that they don't see the changes. They have eyes, but they see not. So they see lion, but then when they, like, in other words, they remember the same way we do. You show them a bunch of Mandela effects, they'll, they'll get them like you do. They'll remember them the same way you do. But they have eyes but see not. So it's, it's the perception that they don't have. They can't perceive through the matrix yet. 
they're still in the matrix and they aren't able to decode what they're seeing in the most obvious way, which is it can't be happening from misremembering or, you know, this can't be a spinning ball with all of these different data points screaming. It can't be a, a spinning ball, right? It's impossible. Not based on natural science and, and empirical observations that anybody can do. Measurements, all kinds of stuff. So the normies going down, and they're going to try to take you with them, okay? And I'm not saying they're unsaved because they don't see this, you know, and I'm not bitter. I'm just saying their path is very perilous that they're on. And I just see the gray area that's kind of going away between the truthers and the normies very quickly. And, and you're going to have to choose a side because the days of going along to get along are rapidly coming to a close. That's what I believe. Because the power structure is coming for our scalps. I mean, they aren't taking prisoners. They're shutting down the food supply. They're they're gutting the military. Like 400,000 military are getting the boot because they won't take the jabola. I mean, just go down the list. So the normie is likely going to capitulate to survive in most cases, and they're going to press you to do the same. And they'll have all kinds of high-sounding arguments, you know, but they're going to be in unbelief, and God's going to judge them, period. God is not have the same grid that we do about our skin our lifespan and you know he has a whole different perspective and he just expects us to be uh faithful to the end those that endure until the end will be saved now the truther on the other hand is conditioned to say bring it on right i'm not going to offer the pinch of incense to nero under any circumstances i never wore a mask once and it cost me dearly couldn't get a haircut, couldn't go to the dentist, couldn't go to the doctor. Got hassled, got called out, actually had police called on me twice. I videoed one of them in the dentist and shared it on the live stream. So the truther is, is like, bring it. The normie says, I'm not a slave. Well, try not paying your taxes and see how enslaved you aren't. But at a kind of sorcery level, like the metaphysical or the dark spiritual level, there is a holographic matrix. It's a, it's a spiritual control grid. I don't know how it it's functions, but it sort of overlays the physical construct that we live in, and, and it enslaves the mind into accepting the construct. It's really unbelievable. And it's very much like what you see in the Matrix movie. I mean, I don't think we're sleeping in pods, right? I think we're actually, you know, walking around. But most of humanity is sleepwalking through this life, accepting this slave matrix at so many levels. Even folks on this live stream right now myself included. So 
The thing is that before you were uh, a truther, you didn't know you had a ball and chain on your ankle. You just had it, and you just thought that was the way it was. But now you're realizing that you are in the Truman Show, and you can't go along with it anymore. Right? Like we say all the time, once you see, you can't unsee. And so what happens to the truther is they start to become very vigilant and you start to become agitated. Well, I mean, somebody's beating you up, you better get agitated, right? You become militant. You feel obligated to break out of the prison to warn others too. So this comes this sense of duty and like a purpose. And there's this huge paradigm shift when you become a truther and you, well, your eyes are opened. And uh, that is really the source of a lot of the conflict between the truther and the normie, is that awakening creates a soldier mentality where the normie does not have that at all. Because uh, now your life goals have really completely decoupled from each other, and they're out of alignment. Sort of like when Peter scolded Jesus for going to the cross and, and Jesus said, you value the things of man over the things of God. That's a perfect description of the normie truther conflict. But there's a, a story in the Old Testament uh, about something called a bond slave where every seven years God told the, the people of Israel that they had to offer the slaves their freedom. Now you could go free on the seventh year, but it's a nasty world out there, right? So if, if you had it pretty good, you could opt to stay. I mean, you got three hots in a cot. You know, my master's fair. He doesn't beat me too much. I mean, I'll be a slave forever, but at least I'll have food and a roof over my head, right? And so you could opt into your slavery, and you would have this ceremony and they put a thing in your ear and you were a slave. So that's kind of like what the normie does is they opt into the slavery. The truther is opting out of the slavery. And now you have two people, let's say you're married and you're kind of going in two different directions. This shift of attention or this perception of the matrix is what causes the biggest amount of conflict between normies and truthers. The truthers have sensed the noose around their necks and they're not happy about it. I mean, the idea that people in the mainstream news are not journalists, but instead are like actors and they're like enemies of freedom and have this coordinated agenda with all aspects of the power structure is just ludicrous to the normie. They, they just, they think that is so laughable and impossible and who are you listening to that you could come to that conclusion you know have you ever seen these montages where they have like i don't know 30 local news broadcasters in a row and they're all saying the exact same words one after another after another and they're like all from all over the country and so you instantly realize okay Every every local newscast is actually scripted centrally from some central. It's the 4 a.m. 
data dump. So you start to see these things. The normie doesn't know this, though. They've never gone away from Fox News or whatever they're watching or Yahoo News. So they don't know. But, I mean, but so what's so stunning is that they could see that montage and still hold to the same conclusion. So I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. Because the evidence is so obvious to the truther, once you start asking questions, I think that's the key. Once you dare to consider, that's when non-compliance starts to creep in. Remember when the, we looked at the definition of normal and it means to comply? That's compliance is the centerpiece of the normie's mindset. You know, all these people that took the Jabola, man, they trusted the professionals that are over them. They were compliant. Because, see, the normie doesn't realize that when Jesus told them that Satan is the God of this world, he actually meant it. Satan actually runs the world, the, the literal world, not just the spooky spiritual world. He literally, through his emissaries, compartmentalized all the way down to you. The normie is going to get us all killed. The normie is complicit. Well, what does it matter if the earth is flat? Well, how about this? NASA's budget is $55 million a day. Don't you care about the poor people? You know, you could help a lot of poor people with $55 million a day. And what, is, what does NASA really do? Okay, what have they done? They went to the moon 20 years ago, which was fake, right? It's all cartoons. It's all the whole space shuttle is fake. It's just a jet. So what well, what do they do? They go into space and they supposedly do experiment. What do they do? They haven't done anything. It's just a big show to make you believe that, you know, we're advancing technologically. Man, we have technology like anti-grav stuff that's suppressed and it's so embarrassing. We're in the stone age. And they said, we can't go back to the moon. We've lost the technology that got us there. Plus, we can't go through the Orion belt or whatever. Well, how'd you get through it before? It's so embarrassing. And I'll give you an example of how you, the matrix being broken. I saw this so clearly when Trump came in as president, and he did stuff that nobody else ever did. Okay, Whatever you think of Trump, I don't care. But what I'm saying is true. He broke the spell over the mainstream media because it had this respectability and this legitimacy that allowed them to operate, allowed them to successfully like disseminate false narratives all the time. They controlled the, the matrix. Well, he came in like a bull in a china shop, and he began to talk the way that we talk about mainstream media, but right out in the open, in the press conferences, right at them. I mean, it was like hilarious to watch this guy. I mean, he'd say things like, you're not very honest, are you? You're not very good. Your ratings are terrible. And you're very biased. And then he would actually use it as a teaching moment. He would repeat what they said, and he would illustrate how much of a liar they were. It was glorious. It was awesome. I had never seen anybody do that prior to him. No president, no nobody. Nobody 
they all went along with the matrix, with the image, with the story, with the propaganda, that they are legitimate. But they're not legitimate. It's all scripted. It's all on a program to enslave humanity. And it did have a profound effect upon the ability of the matrix to spin its legitimacy. So he literally gave people in the millions for the first time permission to move or withdraw their compliance and, and, and to begin to question these people that are supposedly asking these questions, like just softball questions. It's all, you know, like they'd, they'd have some crisis, but it was a manufactured crisis to show that the president was challenged and he was having something. that he, It's all fake. And then they would ask all these softball questions. No, they're not reporters. They're not really holding the powers, you know, to task. They're not really trying to find corruption. So people that are willfully ignorant about conspiracies are really typically willfully ignorant. They don't want, they don't know and they don't want to know. And that's cowardice. I don't, I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just what it is. They're, they have fear about stepping out of compliance into noncompliance, into questioning officialdom, because it's like a little baby almost. They're domesticated. They're, they're docile. Because when you present them with evidence that is so stunningly obvious, and they choose to violate their conscience and deny its validity rather than have their worldview challenged, that is just unexplainable how, how far they'll go with that. And But the problem is, if you're a truther, the problem is that the tactic that they will typically use on you is similar to what an attorney will use when they're cross-examining somebody they want to really discredit. Like, let's use an example of a rape victim. They're going to try to make her look like she was asking for it, basically. The rape victim is made to look like they invited the advances and they were willing. So they attack the rape victim's credibility by impugning their reputation. They seek to humiliate them and prove to the jury that they're an unreliable witness. That's what calling you a conspiracy theory is like. Now, the unconvinced doesn't really know that they're doing this because they are just mind control victims from birth, just like the rest of us were. And so they're just operating out of these programmed responses. But unfortunately, these masters of illusion are very effective in layering this different strategies into the minds of everyone to insulate people from being deprogrammed. It's very difficult to try to get through to people. So it's just, you bring evidence to the contrary and it just bounces off them. So the front line of defense that they will typically use is to shame you into silence by calling you a conspiracy theorist. And this term is evoked in a variety of ways. So it might be subtle with grace, you know, where they're trying to, you're trying to bring up something like the moon landing is fake or whatever. and they'll. They'll kind of brush it off. 
because they don't want to get adversarial. So they'll say, oh, I don't really pay attention to those conspiracy theories. But see, as soon as they invoke that term, they just kind of laugh it off. But as soon as they invoke that term, what that means is they're telling you, I don't believe what you believe. And then they're, they're insinuating that all conspiracy theories are fake. See, if it's not coming from officialdom, then it's not true. That's what that means. Conspiracy theory means something that is not sanctioned by officialdom. And they are in compliance because they are normal. And there's a, another insinuation that anyone with half a brain should know that. I had a, a pastor tell me one time, John, if what you're saying is true, it would be on 2020. They actually said that. This is a man of God. This is the godliest man I ever met. I was his best man, and he was my best man. And I started telling him when I got into the truther movement about Flat Earth, and he said, if, John, if this was true, it would be on 2020. That's what he told me. Well, then there's also an insinuation in the term conspiracy theories, theorists that you there's something wrong with you if you believe it. So it is a character assassination term. And there's a hint in that conversation that also that, this is not something I want to pursue with you any longer because I don't want to be labeled a conspiracy theorist like you are and shunned like somebody that has leprosy because it's an embarrassment to be identified as a conspiracy theorist, at least to some people. I believe it will become a badge of honor. I believe it will be something that will be sought after, and I've proven that when I have worn my shirt or I have brought a book to a restaurant and all of a sudden the people on both sides of me are asking me about the book and they're, we're talking about flat earth and everybody stops what they're talking about and they listen to us. But that, if that term is invoked, it's a hint that they want you to go in another direction. And many times it's subtle depending on the person's character. But it might be somebody that's not so subtle. And they might not try to hide their displeasure with you. <laughs> And the type of interaction uh, might be a little different because this type of person is going to become judge, jur jury, and executioner. They are saying by innuendo or stating it very clearly that you are a huge disappointment for believing these things. Really, you're pathetic. And you deserve to be mocked and slandered and even punished. Now, there are many voices in officialdom in the media that are lumping the term dangerous with the term conspiracy theorist. Or the term science deniers are people that should be jailed. There's bills that have been submitted for that. So that's where it's all going. There's new diagnoses in the DM5 or DM6, whatever version they're on, which clearly describes the conspiracy theorist as a pathological condition. Well, then that allows the authorities to come and confiscate your possessions. They can imprison you if you try to put forth ideas like the ones we're putting forth on this channel. And it's this level of avarice and conflict that many of us are experiencing. We're not having some pity party with a bunch of weak-minded hypochondriacs with a martyr complex. Okay, this is real, raw persecution. And it's Sadly, it's coming from the most important people in our life that should know better. They should be looking into what we're talking about.
So here's your definition of persecution on the screen here. It's hostility and ill treatment, especially because of your beliefs. That's it. You're being persecuted. So you're in the right place. If you're if you're a truther and you got your little 10 or 15 questions together, or a little quiz for your pastor, right? You had the, who laid down with the lamb, pastor? That little quiz. Take up your bed and blank. Or no, take up your blank and walk. What's the blank, pastor? So you go in and he gets them all wrong, like you're expecting. And then what happens is what you weren't expecting, that he tells you, you he thinks you, you have demons and you need mental help. And don't talk about this anymore. I'm too busy. So you are a wanderer in a foreign land. Your family thinks you're crazy. Your children don't want to talk to you. Maybe you've ended up in divorce. Or I'm not saying you should do that. I'm, I'm just saying that seems to be the universal experience of everybody that bites down on the evidence. It doesn't go well for the truther. Universally, it doesn't go well. And that's just the pie you got to eat, man. It's the way we rolls. That's the way God rolls. I'm rolling with the truth. Bring it. I mean, I, I can't. I can't live if the Truman, if I'm in the Truman show and I find out the woman I'm engaged to is an actress and all the people in the street are actors and the whole thing is created for me, I can't just say, oh, okay, I'll just keep going along with this in my life and work, you know. And I'm not saying everybody around you is an actor or whatever, but I'm just saying so much of the construct is fake that it becomes really hard to pretend that you agree with the, all the fake stuff when you're with the normie. It's really debilitating. And so this brings me to my most recent interactions with my family, which have gone from bad to worse. Because recently one of my daughters told me, Dad, if you talk about crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. If you talk about crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. Now, I've talked to a lot of people in the last six years I've been doing this. And a lot of people have been told the same thing. They've been told, you can only talk about that for one minute. And just weird control things are laid on you. But this was like a total ultimatum. And, um, you know, my daughter's great. She's just trying to survive. Her parents breaking up and my, her father's, you know, gone loony in her mind. They really think I'm nuts. So she's trying to control, damage control the thing and trying to stay in relationship with me. And uh, you know, what I've seen is typically my children are, are just repeating what my, either my wife has said or has kind of recommended to them in, in her attempts to counsel them. And my wife is awesome, man. She's super smart, super together, loves the Lord. Uh, but she's a normie. I mean, you know, normies just do what normies do. I love her. I miss her. I appreciate her. I, I can't, I can't help her. You know, you have to kind of stop being a normie. I care about her and my children. I, you know, 
I've got to see her in heaven so I can't have unforgiveness towards her. But see, I only have one Lord. That's the thing. My family is not allowed to be the Lord. The Lord of truth. They're not allowed to demand from me my allegiance to what they believe by adhering to some commitment to absolute silence or else no more relationship. You can't do that. I mean, you can, but you can't do it and actually have a relationship, which I'm going to show you. You know, don't talk about the crazy things or else I can't have a relationship means I don't want to have a relationship with you. That's what it really means. Now, I understand respecting people's boundaries and people can set boundaries and you need to, and I, I can observe those boundaries and I'm willing to do that. I won't talk to you. That's what I told my wife. I won't talk to you or the kids. And that would should have been sufficient. But in my case, it wasn't because I felt the burden to, you know, engage the enemy like the Bible says to. As For this cause, the Son of Man was manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. That's what it says about Jesus. And then it says, as he was in the world, so are we. Well, what does that tell you? You're supposed to destroy the works of the devil. So I can't sit by and plan the next vacation when the Bible's changing. I'm sorry. If that's the conditions for continuing to be married, then I can't meet that condition. Because it's destiny. Destiny is a trump card. So it's not really fair to, to put that on somebody. It's not walking in truth. It's not a basis for a relationship. But what I started to feel so always and so heavy when I'm, I'm a pariah with my own family, it was clear how disrespected I was. I was looked upon with shame. I was given ultimatums from my children. I mean, if I was on the phone with a fellow kook, right, someone that's a truther, my wife would scowl at me and I would have to run outside and take my calls in private. You know, I'm making videos or, or having a wake up or else. I mean, there is no way this would have been totally un undoable. I would have, I, I mean, I did. I, I deleted all of my videos twice on this channel over the last six years to try to save my marriage. Not once, but twice. It's really, it's really the same as if you're, you're two atheists are married, right? And the one of them gets radically born again, loves Jesus, and the other atheist spouse says, listen, you know, I'm happy you've got this new joy and everything, but you're going to have to choose between Jesus or me. I mean, I wouldn't even need to pray about that one. I would be sad for you, but that's the First Corinthians 7 thing. If the unbelieving spouse chooses to leave, let them go, for we're called to peace. It's one of the three criteria that God gives scriptural permission for a married couple to stop being married. Infidelity, death, or if the unbelieving spouse chooses to leave. You can't leave if you're the believer, if you're the truther. You can't leave. They have to leave. So don't try to orchestrate them leaving either, because God knows. <laughs> Woo! Because, see, I could walk away 
from being a content creator of the flat earth, but I'm sorry. I cannot walk away from being a content creator of the supernatural Bible changes. I'm sorry. There is too much destiny here. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's like Peter or one of the apostles, right? And, and they're fishermen. And then Jesus comes along and says, Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And, and then if they're married, you know, they turn around and the wife says, Peter, I'm happy for you that you have this teacher and stuff, but you know, you have a wife and you need to stay as a fisherman. Your grandfather was a fisherman. Your father was a fisherman and you're going to need to choose. What if Peter said, you know, yes, dear. I mean, I don't, I don't mean it like that. You understand what I'm saying. This is a, this is a choice that I don't think should be very hard to make. So this was about two months ago. My daughter told me this. My daughter is so beautiful. She's so precious. I'm just so heartbroken about this. But I noticed from that point, the ability for me to have interaction with my daughters really started to go downhill into a very strained, awkward type of interaction. And so I made this list. And I prayed about it. I think I shared it on one of the live streams. I talked to a bunch of people about it, and I really held off giving it to my daughter because I didn't want to push her away and, and you know, inflame whatever little relationship we had. But after a while, it basically seemed like I didn't have anything to lose. So, I mean, first of all, I'm... I'm not deceived. I'm looking at them, and they're like the ones that are deceived. And now that's okay if you're deceived. I can still be in relationship with you. You know, you're my family. But if you're going to go 100% normie on me, and you're going to look at me and say, you're nuts, you're delusional, dad, you're crazy, dad, and you haven't lifted a finger to look into all this, and then you're going to have the nerve to call me crazy, and, and then... You're going to set off this boundary where you can't talk about anything crazy. Say, so, well, what do you consider crazy? And, of course, they really couldn't answer. They didn't give me any kind of specifics. So I just let it go. But as I've shared, what would happen then, we'd be driving down the road and they'd bring up how beautiful the sunset is, right? Or they talk about the gas prices going up. Or they talk, bring up Trump or whatever, whatever they're going to try to talk to me about. They pretty much steer clear of anything, but they would come out once in a while. And I'm thinking, well, wait, you told me not to talk about crazy things or else you're going to cut me off. And now you're, ta you're asking me to look at the beautiful sunset. And in my mind, the sun's not this giant thing. It's 99.9% .9 of the whole solar system is in the sun. No, no. And it's not 93 million miles away. It's obviously close. You can see that from numerous different data points, from images of the sun, hot spots on the clouds. It shows locality when the rays come in at an angle, all of these different obvious observations. And you're drawing me into these conversations about Trump and the gas prices or inflation. Now they're going to start talking to me about the food disappearing. 
And normally I would just go along with it to keep the peace. But since our relationship is already on vapors, and since you have the audacity to call me crazy to my face, and and when you don't know what you're talking about, I'm going to go into self-respect mode, and I'm going to attempt to show you how ridiculous your mandate is. Because here's a list of all the things that you would consider crazy. All right. Don't talk to me about anything crazy. Includes the sun, the moon, the clouds, the sunset, the ocean tides, the outer space, NASA. Now, for each one of these, I have a reason why it's crazy. Right? The sun is a fake sun. The moon. I mean, forget about that. Clouds are chemtrails, ocean tides. What causes them? You know, is it gravity? Is it the Earth spinning? No. Outer space is fake. NASA's fake. Shape of the Earth, planets. You look at Saturn and all the planets. NASA gives you a cartoon. You look at it through an icon 360 or whatever. It looks like a, a flickering light that's underwater. Anyway, galaxies, gravity. Don't talk to me about comets, meteor showers, universe. Space travel, space stations, space programs, moon landings, satellites, telescopes. Don't talk to me about Trump, Biden, presidency, election. This is what you want. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to be put in this little box in order to be controllable. So I'm really just honoring your request, right? So if you're going to require that of me, please don't talk to me about taxes, IRS, intelligence agencies. Anything having to do with U.S. government, Democrat or Republican, senators or congressmen, international geopolitical events, war, anything having to do with the economy, media, media censorship, defense department, labeling of conservatives as terrorists, capital controls on finances, banks closing, confiscation of finances, currency collapse, new currency, cryptocurrency, investing or saving, predictions about the future, fractional reserve banking, COVID-19. COVID internment camps, events being canceled because of COVID, masks, travel restrictions, checkpoints, arrests or fines for noncompliance, forced to stay home orders, curfews, tracing, tracking, business closing, vaccinations, food shortages, food rationing, social chaos, riots, looting, martial law, medical martial law, forced biometric scanning in order to drive your car. Yeah, that's mandated now. Coming to a theater near you, everybody's going to have to have a biometric scan done to turn on your car. Don't talk to me about pyramids, Greek mythology, alien superheroes, for sure. I won't watch any more superhero movies, and I won't talk about them. Don't talk to me about 9-11, January 6th, Mandela Effect, Bible Prophecy, Chemtrails, Reptilian Shapeshifters, Clones, MK. Well, they're certainly not going to talk to me about those things. But, I've been asked to put this muzzle on me, and then you're trying to draw me into these conversations, and I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I'm going to have to ask you to honor your, your own boundary, basically. Well, as you can see, the list is so extensive that you can't really have a relationship <laughs> with somebody until you're willing to remove this decree of silence. It's, it's. It's everything. The truther finds out that pretty much everything is not true. So the chasm is really on the truth, on the normie. It's, you know, I'm not forcing 
my family to believe what I believe in order to have a relationship with them. I'm asking you to allow me to believe it outside the home. That's it. And I'm certainly not telling you if you don't believe what I believe, you can't have a relationship with me. That's what is being done to us. And then they're drawing us into the conversations about these things that they told us not to talk about. So really, if, if the statement, if you talk about crazy things we're through, is really the end of the road, is what I'm saying. Because you have no recourse. You are powerless. And that's the idea. It's to shut you down. It's to bring a complete shutdown to you. Okay, let me illustrate. This is a, a list of strategies of the normie, okay, in order to shut you down. So, as we've talked about, they're going to tell you you're a conspiracy theorist. But this one is really hard to get around, okay, because it's really uh, manipulative. You care more about the information than you do me. Now, I have to confess that this is true in my case. In other words... I, in the early stages, was very out of balance. And if I had it to do over again, I would have do a lot of things differently. Uh, at the same time, though, I have demonstrated on numerous occasions towards the end of my relationship with my wife that if I spoke about anything controversial once a year, I was still considered obsessed. So I really don't think there's any... I mean, there are a lot of people that coexist, but almost uh, 100% of those have a spouse who's a normie, but th that allows the truther to, to still be a truther, like, like what it should have been for me. I won't talk to you. I won't talk to the kids, but I'm going to go over here and be a truther. And, you know, I was not given that option. Others are given that option. <clears throat> You're obsessed, you're delusional, and you need mental help. Okay, this is a full court press on your um, on your being, you know. And they're trying to pressure you into abandoning this pursuit by really going, going at you. Okay, then you have, you gravitate to this type of thing because you're insecure, and this makes you feel important. So that's shame. It's a CIA talking point, too, by the way, from 1962. And then there are threats of withdrawing love, which are used to control you. These come later as they, as they realize you're really serious about this and you're, you're going to persist. Uh, you're not going to just roll over and go back to normal. Um, they start to up the ante themselves and they start threatening you. Or they point out shortcomings in your life as a reason to void any credibility or change the subject. That's kind of a, this doesn't matter. What really matters is this over here. And it could be a variety of things. Uh, but I'm going to have to beg to differ. Uh, it's very important. As we can now see, half the population took the jab. Well, if they were truthers, they wouldn't have. 
half the population of the world is getting starved out now, and then we're all going to get starved out. First the third world countries go, and then the first world countries go. And then lastly, the silence mandates are imposed. No conversation allowed. I don't want to talk about it. That's what I hear all the time. So the interaction goes something like this. What you believe is crazy. Okay? So some comment to that effect. And and so now you're going to, you love them and you want to maintain a rapport. So you're going to try to respond to this, you know, ad hominem attack with intelligent discourse. So you say, well, you're calling me crazy. Do you think it's crazy to suggest the space station might be fake? Because the NASA videos on the NASA website, you can clearly see the guys are on wires, right? And this is the kind of response you'll get. Well, you care more about this information than you do me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back to what we were just talking about, okay? I asked you a question. No, you don't get that. You get your, your, your integrity is impugned, like the lawyer impugning the integrity of the person on the stand, like I talked about. So the crazy person is telling the sane person that they're crazy. That's what's happening. They think we believe the truth is a lie, but what we know is they believe a lie is the truth. It's actually them that are crazy. Because crazy has to do with mental soundness, if you look it up. And mental soundness, if you look that up, has to do with the ability to perceive and accept what is obvious. And what is obvious is that the ISS guys are on wires. We're showing you. The ridiculous lunar lander. It looks like it's made of paper mache and, and curtain rods and, and, and supposedly would be able to sit in the 200-degree sun on the moon in, in a vacuum or the Photoshop picture of the Earth from the moon. It's Photoshop. Isn't that ironic? The, the Photoshop tricks is what fools the normie. <laughs> Or the ISS guys on the wires, or the, I love this one, the NASA footage of the spacewalks where bubbles are coming out of their tank on the NASA videos. They're supposedly in space, and you can literally see bubbles going up from their, um, their helmets. It's because they're underwater and behind a green screen, or in front of a green screen. And you say, well, so what do you think of that? And their response is, is like that attorney that goes to savage the witness so the jury won't have any compassion for them and they'll dismiss them as somebody that asks for it. Total character assassination. Because they're going to say, you don't really believe those conspiracy theories, do you, John? Buzz, you don't really believe that stuff, do you? Why are you so obsessed? You care more about this than you do me. You just gravitate to this because you're insecure. It makes you feel important. All these crazy beliefs are bringing a lot of fear into the home. It's abuse, and you're scaring the children. I need you to stop talking about these things or else we can't have a relationship with you. So what just happened? Any one of those responses is manipulation. 
because they didn't answer the question. If you want to get reconciliation, you're going to have to be honest and have a give and take in our, in our, in, in our interaction because you're avoiding the topic of discussion. I asked you a question. I remember when I did the Flat Earth Challenge where I asked about the why can you see the Chicago skyline? And I literally went back and forth with people 20 times before they would give me a straight answer. And I got, I finally got one guy to tell me, I don't know why you can't see it. Because I kept going back. That's not the question. I asked you this. And he would go over here. And I would say, well, yeah, but I asked you this question. What about this? No, I already addressed that. It's not flat there. It's not a mirage. The calculations are correct. You have to give me a you know an answer, or you have to say I don't know. Those are the only two options left. Wouldn't do it. Had to press them and press them and press them and press them and stay with them and be be unmoving and be unwilling and unyielding. And finally, finally, one person in seven years told me they were honest with me. One person in seven years was honest with me and said I don't know. It's unbelievable. But it wasn't easy. I had to, I was sweating, you know, to get there. And that's what you're up against. You know, they think they win the argument when they call you crazy. That's a shutdown statement. And it makes them feel like they're empowered and they're in control. And it's got you off the topic. So you don't have to wander off from under your overlords and start thinking for yourself. You prefer being domesticated and docile and compliant and obedient to the priesthood in the lab coats that teach you through scientism, which is premeditated lies dressed up to look like legitimate science. That's what scientism is, okay? The Earth's core is molten. Really? How do we know it's molten? Because it's 1,500 miles to the core. So you're telling me there's sonar? that you can send in and it'll travel 1,500 miles through rock and hit the liquid core and bounce back and you'll be able to tell from that that the Earth's core is molten. That's what, you, that's what we're asked to believe. Because the deepest they've drilled is 8.5 miles. COLA, deep project in Russia. So they don't know but they tell you they like they know because that's scientism. Scientism is premeditated lies dressed up like it's science. The, uh, the Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across and 10,000 light years wide. I believed that my whole life because I was told that. So finally, I looked it up. You can do it too. Go, how do we know that the Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across. And you know what you'll find? The article says, well, we really don't know. It's like being strapped to a tree and trying to figure out how big the forest is. That's what the article will tell you. But yet, you're, you're five and 10 or whatever, and they put the picture in front of you of the galaxy, and it says, you are here. I just realized that as a grown person, when I looked at the picture and it says, you are here, and I finally, as a norm, as a truther, I said, wait a minute. What is that? 
what am I looking at? I'm looking at a picture of the Milky Way galaxy, which is 100,000 light years. I'm embarrassed to admit it. It finally dawned on me that I'm looking at a cartoon, okay? All those years, it never rose up. The Matrix had me. And I just accepted it as a picture from space. I just never asked the question. Do you understand? I never questioned the molten lava, the molten core of the earth. I just accepted it because it was told to me. When they show you the big blue marble from space, they show you this round ball earth. And guess what? It says image. So it's legal. An image is a representation. And it's actually composite of 12 strips of data sewn together. And then they add Photoshop tricks. And the guy on NPR radio from NASA said, it's Photoshopped. It has to be. It's a lie. Because scientism is a premeditated lie dressed up to look like science. So you'll accept it. And if you're a normie, you're in compliance with officialdom, you will accept it. You won't be able to question it. It's really stunning. So the normie, operating on little to no research, somehow seems comfortable enough to bow up to you. They, they bow up to you, right? They come at you with this intellectual superiority, and they make this diagnosis, like they're Dr. Phil, that you're crazy. But then at the same time, they're afraid to try to back up their accusation by allowing you to challenge their beliefs. That's why I say the normie throws rocks in a distance and then runs away. Because when you say, well, you know, let me, let me explain why I think that I don't want to talk about it. Oh, but you're crazy. Oh, okay. Well, cool. What do you do with that? I mean, that's the end of the story, right? That's the end of the relationship. All right, so this whole, all that to say, this brings me to my thesis tonight, and that is that if you have the unmitigated audacity to call me crazy, but when I try to defend myself so that I can stay in relationship with you, you tell me I don't want to talk about it, then we're done. We're done. There's no, there's no more relationship. You have ended the relationship and what's so ironic is that you then blame me that I ended the relationship because you tell me I care more about the information than our relationship. No, you just did that. You chose the ball earth over our relationship. You chose the Bible can't change over our relationship. And you put your foot down and you told me in no uncertain terms that that's the way it's going to be and you're going to get in line or we're through. So, many of us have been feeling a little ruffled by this, okay? You know, being disrespected and being called a kook and delusional, and then these people just shut the door in our face, and, uh, you know, that's a tough road to hoe. I'm asking the normie to put on the big boy pants and admit they've been fooled like the rest of us. That's what they really need to do. Because, see, if I do bring you to one of these observations and you finally are honest enough 
to answer, well, I don't know why that is. I don't have an explanation for that observation. And this observation does show that my beliefs are outside the norm because what I'm observing is obvious. It's obvious even to you because if you say you don't have an answer, then you're agreeing with my observation, but you're unwilling to admit that that even gives credence to my belief, you know, whatever you're talking about, moon landing's fake, whatever. Well, then you're crazy. You're crazy. Because you can't perceive what's obvious. That's crazy. Look it up. Look it up in the dictionary. Crazy is you, not me. But see, in most cases, the truth is never allowed to get out. It's never allowed to get that far because the normie knows that what you're saying makes sense and they know they can't allow you to get there, so they have to escalate to attack mode. They have to escalate to attack mode. <sighs> I know this is not just me, okay, because I've talked to a lot of people in seven years or however long I've been doing this. And the and the experience is 100% universal. It's incredible how consistent it is. So these things that I'm describing, my personal journey, it's the same for everybody. And so I felt like I always wanted to bring hope, right? Like and, and how do we process these very difficult scenarios and, and what is really our hearts like what is really our response to our loved ones and all this so what i would hope would that my children would someday see that really being a normie is not really what you want like don't want what you don't want so i wrote out a couple of of um statements that I would love for my daughter to tell me. Instead of, I wish you were a normie, I wish my daughter would tell me this. Dad, I wish you would obey the call of God and allow him to use you to minister to the needs of hundreds of thousands of people who by the grace of God have escaped the slave matrix that has been set up by the masters of illusion Dad, if you did that, I would be so proud of you. Dad, I wish you would be a man enough to be willing to endure crushing rejection and loneliness and being broke financially and despised just so I might have any hope of having any kind of future. I wish you were that kind of dad. Dad, I wish that you would be a man of unwavering integrity so that even though the evidence to any number of conspiracies is undeniable, that you would not be silenced by the pressures that even your own family would put on you to be silent. I'd be really proud of you, Dad, if you would be like that. Because I know that would crush most people. But not you, Dad. Because you love me enough to fight for my freedom. 
Dad, I wish that you would refuse to be conformed to this world, but rather that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Dad, because you've renewed your mind, you would always choose to live by your principles, no matter what the consequences. If that was you, Dad, I'd be so proud of you. Dad, I wish that you would have enough self-respect that you would refuse to be intimidated by mind control victims who don't know what they're talking about. That would be really cool, Dad. I would love to be your daughter if that was you. Dad, I wish that you would take seriously the fact that the rulers of this world are Luciferian psychopathic monsters that want us all dead and that you would try to warn everybody in the world so they would come out of their slumber and start to fight against the people that are in the process of killing everyone on the face of the flat earth? That would be really awesome, Dad. I'd like to tell all my friends and everything. Dad, I wish that when you were faced with the choice of choosing your integrity and having all kinds of sorrow and persecution because of it, or lying to yourself and others so that you could be happy I wish that you would pick the first one and not the second one. That's the kind of dad that I want. That's the kind of dad that I would want. Wouldn't you? Dad, I wish you were an active participant in the Great Awakening that has helped humanity realize that the Luciferian overlords have been lying to us about almost everything. I wish you had a backbone, Dad, and could stand up and defy what is called normal by most people so that you could help many escape the prison of their mind even though they fight you tooth and nail to protect their slave status. Dad, I wish you were willing to endure constant persecution and rejection from your entire family so that you could help me to stop just believing what I'm told and begin to think for myself like you do. That would be really cool, Dad. I wish I could respect you, Dad. I wish that I could look up to you, but unfortunately, I think you're crazy. I wish you were a man that, by the grace of God, was allowed to discover how enslaved humanity really is in their minds and that you would choose to enter into a fight for my freedom instead of building a swimming pool and planning the next vacation. If you were a truther, Dad, then I could really look up to you. But because you're just like every other dad, just normal, that believes everything they're told on the TV, like the, the dads that all believe what the newscasters say, or that their vote counts, or that they live on a spinning ball simply because NASA told them and showed them cartoons to convince them. Because you're so willfully ignorant, like most dads, to what is so patently obvious that a child could see it, I'm ashamed to call you my father. I wish you were a truther, Dad. That would be really cool <laughs> if you were a truther. <laughs> I wish I had a dad who when I thought I wanted a dad that would just be normal, but he would be willing to stand up to the pressure to be silent and act on what he knew was true. If I had a dad like that, he would be my hero. We should be heroes to our children.
One of my children two or three days ago told me, you are not my father. Okay. You're not my father. <laughs> You're not my father. You know, if your child tells me, tells you that you they wish you were normal, it's really a lot like if your child tells you, Dad, I wish you weren't in the military. It's really what it's like. The military father that has to go away for a year at a time, and the kid's just like, I wish you weren't in the military. It's not, it's just totally understandable that they would want you to be normal. Or I wish you weren't, you know, an alcoholic. I wish you weren't in a mental institution. I wish you weren't slowly dying of some disease. Children need food, water, shelter, provision. They need God. This is not an exhaustive list. I'm not a child psychologist, but this is basically what I looked up. Children need love. They need centricity. That's a big one. They need to feel wanted. Central, the most important thing in the world. They need time, warmth, affection, emotional support, education, guidance, godly example, discipline. They need consistency, stability, structure, and normalcy. Okay, but we can't give them what they want. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week, Lord willing. And if you'd like to learn more about how to face the inevitable pushback that comes when you start to question the official story, be sure to pick up a copy of the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. It's a guidebook for persecuted truthers. It's on Amazon, or you can get it through my website, which is wakeuporelse.com. It's on audio or paperback. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter so we can be notifying you when we're doing an interactive live stream. There's a lot more content on the truther journey, as well as the supernatural Bible changes on my YouTube channel, which is wake up or else, all one word. And remember, if anybody calls you a kook or a conspiracy theorist nut, you hold up your finger and you tell them, hey, I may be mistaken, but I am not crazy. <laughs>